all I have this time. So you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, if you would. Book of 1 Kings, let's stand as we honor God's Word by standing. One person came to me and said they were been enjoying these messages on um, Faithful Elijah, so I hope everyone's enjoying them because, because I've got two today and... and um, and I'm probably going to have two next Sunday also on Elijah. But uh, the, today we're going to look at 1 Kings 18. And I'm going to begin reading in verse uh, 22. I'm going to read through verse 38. So just bear with me as I, as I read this. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give, uh, I'm sorry, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And call ye on the name of the, your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and, and call on the name of your gods to put... No, but put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of, of Baal from morning until even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is, he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in journey, or pre-adventure. He sleepeth and must be uh, awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets um, till... The blood gushed out upon them, and it came to pass when midday was past that they uh, prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening of sacrifice. There was neither voice nor nor any to answer, nor any that uh, regarded. And Elijah said unto all the prophets, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him and he repaired he he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down and Elijah took twelve stones uh, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the Lord of the uh, unto unto the unto the word unto whom the word of the Lord came saying Israel shall be thy name and with the stones he built an altar in the name 
of the Lord, and he made it a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels of water and pour it on the the burnt sacrifice and, and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around about the altar, and he, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art the God in Israel, that I am thy servant, that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that thou art the Lord God, that thou hast turned their heart back again. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. We thank you for this time we have together. And Lord, I just pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified. And Lord, I pray that you'll go with us this day. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We're talking about faithful Elijah. Faithful Elijah. This is the third sermon which, which, which will be in two parts. I'll preach the first part of it this morning, and then I'll preach the, the last part of it this afternoon. But we want to see where we are right now. Where are we in, in this uh, episode with Elijah? Uh, Elijah found himself very depressed, and uh, and so God already knew that he had a task for Elijah to do so God began to prepare Elijah for that task now uh, we we preached on that and we saw that and we saw what God did God told him uh, God told him to stop the rain and and God told him said if you just if you just stop the rain it'll if you just tell the rain stop it'll stop and he did and it stopped and he said but he said I want you to go out to the brook uh, Cherith, and he said, I want you to sit there, and he said, uh, I want you to stay there until, I guess, until I tell you to leave. And and uh, and anyway, he sat there until the brook dried up. The brook dried up, and uh, and Elijah, uh, uh, the ravens came to feed him every day. They brought him food. And finally the ravens quit coming, so he found himself in another predicament. And that predicament was that what is God going to expect of me now? And so God told him, said, you go, and said, you go, and uh, and said, uh, you go to Erythopath, uh, uh, and, and he said, uh, there will be a lady there who will be waiting on you and said when she gets there, said she will take care of you. Well, he went, and he went there. And this is just to bring you up to date. He went there, and he saw this. As soon as he got to the gate of the city, he saw this lady standing there. And and he commanded, 
he told the lady, he said, you're supposed to take care of me. And, and said, uh, said, I want you to fix me something to eat. I'm hungry. And I'm just paraphrasing all of it now. So I want you to fix me something to eat because I'm hungry. And she said, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, but she said, I've only got enough for me and my son. Said, we're getting ready to prepare our last meal right now. It'll be the last meal we'll eat before we die. And, and, but Elijah said, no, you fix it for me. And, and she did. And of course we know the, the, the story there that she, she, every day she would go to the barrel and there would be a handful of, 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 um, of seed there and, and what, whatever they were eating. And then, and said she'd go to the oil and there would be a cruise of oil still there. And every day it just, it just stayed there. And so it came to the point to where that, um, Elijah ate with her and she fed uh, herself and her son. And, um, and so her son got sick and, and he was, he was real sick and they put him up in the upper room. And so Elijah went up there and got him and brought him back down and the son was okay. And that's where she recognized who she'd been talking to. She'd been, she'd been talking to a man of God. And that's, that's where, that's where our story pretty much ends, uh, as of, uh, last week. So this week we want to talk about, uh, um, when we, when we see a prepared Elijah for the task Jehovah, uh, gave him, gave for him, we see a prepared man of God who made no fires, I'm, I'm sorry, who made no fuss, no real excitement, about the work of the uh, preparing the uh, to complete the task, and in other words, he he never got excited over it. He never got excited. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes God's men uh, don't get excited over things. But you got to realize, you know, they they still know they're doing God's work. Still know, still know what God expects of them, and so he uh, he, he goes ahead and. Uh, and he, he begins to do what God told him to do. And so he, um, he, 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 he calmly built the altar and dug the ditches, trenches, placed the sacrifice on the altar and poured barrels of water from the sea on the sacrifice and, and, and filled up the ditches. And we know from Jehovah, uh, that Carmel, that Carmel was by the sea. We, we, we know that. We know from Jeremiah, I'm sorry, that Carmel was by the sea because Jeremiah talks about Carmel, some of his speaking, and he says it's near the sea. So we know that they went to the sea and they got seawater out, uh, uh, barrels and barrels of it, and they poured it on the sacrifice. And, and so this is where, uh, Elijah was going to challenge those false prophets. Now, I want to tell you, you know, we have to be sure, we have to be sure that God is with us before we go and do anything. You know, you've got to be sure God's with you before you even go and, uh, and, and witness to someone because it's a challenge. It's a challenge that God gives every one of us 
that we're to go witnessing, but you, you need to know that God is with you, that God is going to, God is going to give you, uh, uh, the, um, uh, what, what he, what he's going to give you, he's going to give it to you. You have to know that. And Elijah knew he was calm about everything. He knew that God was with him. And that's the key to it right there, you know. These people, they get all excited over things. And, and you know, some people uh, uh, love an excited preacher, you know. And um, I know Brother, uh, um, I can't try to think of his name now. But anyway, there's an old brother, he used to say, you know, he said, I know you people think that uh, I'm mad, but he says, I'm not really. He says, I'm just acting like it. He said, I'm not really, I'm not really angry. Well, some preachers get uh, very angry about a lot of things, and they show it in the pulpit and, and such and such, but Elijah didn't do that. Elijah just took each step by each step as God gave him the leadership he took each step by each step, and he came to the point of where he was challenging 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the grove. He was challenging them. He said, if you've got a God, he said, if you've got a God, a, a real God, then says you call upon him and says he'll come down here and do exactly what you ask him to do as far as bringing a fire down for for your altar. And they did. And they cried unto God, and they cried unto God. And, 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 and Elijah said, well, you need to yell a little louder. You need to cry a little louder. Maybe, maybe your God is a lot of things. Uh, said, maybe he's asleep. Said, you got to wake him up. And they cried louder, and they got up on the altar, and they tore the altar up. They got up on the altar and started jumping up and down on the altar and, uh, and, and, and crying unto their God, but their God never did listen, never did hear them, never did, never did say anything, never did, uh, give them any answer. No fire came down from heaven, nothing happened, and they were there. So Elijah told them, he says, he said, Lord, he says, I'm about to get ready. And he said, uh, and he told, he told them what he had to do to get ready. He told him. He, he told him. He said he he cut his sacrifice up and he stacked it up, and he and he told him. Said go get water. Said go down to the sea and get water. They went down to the sea and they carried water three different times, buckets and buckets of it, and he said gallons of it. And he said you bring it up here and you pour it on my sacrifice. Says so gonna make it more difficult for God to. God's going to have to send down fire from heaven. I certainly, the wood won't burn now. I can't light it myself. The wood won't burn now. God will have to send down fire hot enough to light it and, and to, to, for it to be a burnt sacrifice. And so he did. They poured it and he dug ditches around it. And in those ditches, uh, were, uh, uh, water ran off of the sacrifice and ran down the ditches. The ditches was full of water. And so he, so he sat down and he told the people there, he, he, he simply, his simple prayer concerning the challenge was this. It was simple. He said, let it be known this day that thou art the God of Israel. That's all he said. 
He didn't. He didn't. He did not. He did not shout and he did not jump up and down. He didn't scream. He didn't carry on like those prophets of Baal were doing and those prophets of the groves. He didn't. He didn't do all of that. And uh, all he bowed his head and he prayed to God. He said, "Let it be known this day that Thou art the God of Israel." That's in verses uh, uh, thirty-six and thirty-seven. Let it be known that thou art the God of Israel. I like, I like the four reasons he gave to Jehovah God why he should answer his prayer. First of all, the first reason was he knew that God was a God, of, was, was the God of his and, and, and also his people. He knew who God was, you know. A lot of times people just pray into the air. They just, their prayers just don't, I say they don't go no further than this ceiling right here. Maybe they don't even get that high. But he, he knew, he knew that God was his God. He knew without, without a shadow of doubt that God was his God and, and his people's God. He knew that he was God's servant. That's the, that's the second thing he knew. You know, I, I've always said over the years, you know, that I've got three sureties in my life, and one of them is I know God saved me, I know God called me to preach, and I know I'm exactly where God would have me right this moment. And, and, and so he, but he knew this. Uh, he knew that he was God's servant. He had no doubt about that. He, even, even through all of his anxiety and, and through all of his depression, and through all of this, he still knew that God, that he was God's servant. He knew that. You know, we, so many people make so many excuses about sickness and everything. Just like I told Brother Troy last night, I said, listen, I said, if God will give me enough vision to be able to get in that car of Sam and Karis, I said, I'll be down there. And, uh, and he said, I doubt if you'll get to come then. But I said, well, if I, if I can, if I can get into there, see enough to get in there, I'll be down there. And, and why? Because I know I'm a servant of God. And, and, and Elijah knew he was one of, he was one of God's servants. The third thing is, he knew that he had done everything just as God commanded. He did it just the way God commanded. He, he went, he, he went up to the brook. He sat there till he dried up. He sat there till the ravens quit feeding him. He went to Arithopath, that the, the city where where that where, where the the widow was. When God told him to, he went, and he went down there, and she did feed him, and she took care of him. And now God told him, said, "Now you need to go meet uh, uh, Ahab, the dreaded thing." No, no prophet of God was ever wanted to stand before Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel killed thousands of God's prophets in that day. And even Elijah, if you'll notice what I read to you there, Elijah said, I'm the only one left that will come and 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 bring this challenge. I'm the only one. One. In other words, Elijah said, I'm not bringing them because they're all gone. 
He says, I, I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing a, 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 a crowd with me. He said, I'm the only one. You know, let me tell you folks, it only takes one person who knows God and following the Lord to get things done. It really does. Brother Troy and I were think, talking about that last night. Brother Troy was talking about something that, uh, uh, that he wanted to know if, if, uh, if, if I had been confronted with it and, I'm not going to mention what it is, but I told him, I said, yes, I have. And he said, um, it looks like to me that some preachers would realize they don't, they don't need a crowd of preachers behind them to do the work that they're going to do. If, 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 if all you need is the leadership of the Lord. All one, all one preacher needs is the leadership of the Lord to do what the Lord would have him do. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, some preachers, I've heard preachers say that I, I wouldn't go and preach at a church if everybody is not, is not if, if a church calls me, said 100% of them is going to have to vote for me, I won't go. Well, that's not very sure about what he's going to do. You know, very sure, you know, I've, I've, all, I've often said this, that if, here at Landmark Baptist Church, as long as there's one person that wants to, wants to sit here and hear the messages I've got to preach to them, I'm going to preach it to them. And it doesn't make any difference to me. It does make a difference that people don't come, but I want to tell you, it doesn't make any difference to me how many's here. You know, and I've always been like that. I mean, I don't, I don't like it when people stay out of church. I don't. I don't like it at all. But I'm going to tell you, I'm still going to preach a message God has given me to preach. And he knew, he knew that uh, God had given him a task to do, and, and, and he, he was going to do it. Also, lastly, and he knew that the heart of the people would be turned back to Jehovah God. Now, what does it take to turn people around? Elijah knew that if this thing is done, what well, do you think the people are going to turn around? And they're going to start worshiping God again. Because a lot of them had stopped worshiping God. A lot of them had quit worshiping God. That's the reason he walked. He, he, he gathered the people together there. And he said, why are you standing here uh, halted between two opinions? You know, uh, should I go or shouldn't I go? Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Should I do? And they don't do anything. Anybody that's halted between two opinions, they don't know what to do. They're not going to know where to go. And just like somebody called me sometime back and they said they were looking for a church. But they said, we just don't know where to go. I said, well, all I can tell you is, I said, Landmark Baptist Church is there. It's been there a long time. And I said, you'll hear the truth there. But we just, we just don't know where to go to church. And I had, had a fella come up to me. Y'all remember the couple that came in here and Thought they was in the wrong church and left. Y'all remember when that happened? That happened maybe a year or two ago, two or three years ago. A couple came in, sat down back there, and they realized they's in the wrong church. And they got and left with a man. Came to me the other day, and he said, uh, "He said, first of all, he said I want to apologize to you." I said, "What's that like?" He said, uh, "He said when we got up and left, he said we shouldn't have never left. He said we should have stayed there." But he said they got up and walked out, and he apologized to me for them doing that. Well, I want to tell you, folks, uh, uh, one person uh, uh, 
standing up for the Lord will turn the rest of the people. Some of you have got more power in you than you realize. Because I watch you. I watch you. When one person says, let's go do this, several of them say, oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. But why not, why not rally people around when church time comes? Why not rally them around when church time comes? Says, we're going to church. As Joshua said, as for me and my family, he said, we're going to serve the Lord. Why can't, why can't we rally people around that? And I was reading on Facebook the other day where somebody said that somebody, uh, uh, they were thankful that somebody led them to this thing they had over at Memorial Heights. And said they were thankful somebody led them to that. But why not? What about church? What, what about church? What about church services? Why, why don't we get as enthusiastic about a church service as we do a family get together? Or why, why don't we, why don't, why do we get, why don't we get as enthusiastic about uh, serving the Lord as we do by serving the world and doing something the world wants us to do? You know, why do we do that? Elijah knew here for sure. He said, he said, if I do this thing, God's going to turn the people around. He knew that. He knew that God was going to turn the people around. And just like Brother Troy said, Brother Troy said he had two families had been visiting with him. And, and he said last Sunday they came up and talked to him about wanting to be baptized. And he said, well, first of all, I talked to him about their salvation. And he said, I learned that they were coming from another church like ours in, in the area somewhere there in Florida. And, and he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, of course, if their baptism's okay, he said, if you, you want to join here, then that's fine. Uh, well, I had that same thing happen some time back. I had some, I had, it was been a long time ago. I had some folks come to me from another church of black faith and order. And I told them, I said, best thing you do is go back over there. I said, I said, you need to go back over there. You don't need to come here. You need to go back over there to the church that you've gone to all these years. You need to go back over there. Well, Elijah knew that this, that the people had to be turned around. He says, why do you, why do you halt between two opinions? He knew the people had to be turned around and he, and that's what he says there. He, he says, he, he said there that, um, that, uh, he knew that, uh, I'm sorry, and he knew that the heart of the people would be turned back to Jehovah God. Whether you ever believe me or not, it make no difference. But God's man knows when God is working in his life. I, uh, Elijah knew God was working in his life at that time, and he knew God was going to use him. And we're going to find out later on exactly what they did after all, all of this, all this took place. Elijah's prayer, Elijah's prayer to God was for God to vindicate his own honor, which had been dishonored in the life of Ahab and his wicked wife Jezebel. Ahab was one of God's chosen kings. And Elijah looked at Ahab and he knew, he said, here was a man here that's got on the wrong path. Well, he married the wrong woman. He married the wrong woman, you know. He married, he married a wicked woman. Jezebel was a wicked woman. 
and she took over. If you'll remember reading a story about uh, 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 Nadab and his vineyard, Elijah looked out and Elijah saw some land around him. He saw that this man had a beautiful vineyard not too far from where uh, he and Jezebel owned and what they had. And he went over there and, and he asked a man, he said, uh, he said, uh, what, what will you do? Will you, uh, will you sell me your vineyard? He was a king now. So we, and the man said, I can't sell it. He said, why can't you sell it? He said, it doesn't belong to me. And he said, well, who does it belong to? He said, I'll go to him. Nadab said, it belongs to the Lord. He said, it don't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. Let, let me tell you, folks, you don't have nothing that's your own. Everything belongs to the Lord. Let me say that again. I know you don't agree with me, but everything belongs to the Lord. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. You wouldn't have it if God didn't give it to you. And I, I, that's the reason I can't see why some people treat God the way they treat Him. They don't come to church half the time. They don't serve Him half the time. But yet everything you have belongs to the Lord. And you, you may say, well, when will I ever learn that? You'll learn it someday when you stand before Him in judgment. You'll learn that everything you have belongs to the Lord because the Bible says God gives you God gives you the power to get wealth. Bible plainly says that. God gives you the power. You wouldn't have what you had if God didn't give you the power to get it. If God wasn't in it, how, how we soon forget. We, we think we're the one who has the power. We can do what we please. We can do anything we want to. Well, Elijah knew right then that God needed to get God wanted to vindicate his honor that his people had dishonored him by 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 their life the life they live or dishonored by Ahab and Jezebel God's immediate response was pleasing to Jehovah God and also to the faithful prophet the Bible teaches, then the fire of the Lord fell. All that crying out of the, of those, uh, 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 prophets, those false prophets. And, and all of a sudden, when, when, when Elijah mentioned about the honor of God and, and the honor of God being, uh, taken, uh, being uh, dishonored by Ahab, and Ahab, like I said, Ahab, God has set Ahab up, and now he's dishonoring God. But he married he married a wicked woman, and that's why you need to be careful about some of those things. This, this was, this day, when that fire failed, that's in verse 38, we, we didn't read that far, but when that fire failed, this was a Pentecost, I'm sorry, this was a Pentecostal day for Israel. Well, what happened to the church? When was the church vindicated as the Lord's church? When the fire came down from heaven and lit up on the people. Look, look at it. Second, second chapter of the book of Acts. Bible says fire came down from heaven and lit up on the people and the church received its anointing 
right there. That's the Lord's church. That's the Lord's church. Not everything out there belongs to the Lord. And I want to say this again. Not everybody out there that says they're saved is saved. You know, we live in a day-to-day when everybody's saved. It's amazing. It's amazing how I see that. Everybody just acts like they know that everybody is saved. Let me tell you, folks, everybody's not saved. Hell is going to be full of a lot of people who once said they were saved, but they're not. Hell's going to be full of them. But we better be careful about our own selves. We better be careful about the honor of God before we start talking about the, these type of things, say things about these type of things. Who, who, who didn't, I mean, who don't we see a glorious appearance? Who, who doesn't want to see a glorious appearance of God today? Who would want to see God appear here today and, 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 and get into the life of a person here today? You know, we got people here today need God in their life. Who, who, who wouldn't want to see that? Is, has there ever been a time when God has worked in Landmark Baptist Church and we didn't, we didn't enjoy it, we didn't, we didn't appreciate it? When God came down and lifted that person up and saved their soul? Sure it is. And that's exactly what this was. This was a Pentecostal day for Israel at that day. At that day. Why don't we see those things? Why don't we see those glorious appearances of God? It is because of unbelief and a lack of trust in God. That's the reason we don't see great things happening. You know, we have, we have a lack of trust in God. All we trust are people going to pay us when we work our week's work. We trust that if the IRS owes us anything, they're going to send us some money. We trust them. <laughs> and we know how crooked they can be, but we trust them that they're going to send our money. I've got money that I'm still waiting on for the IRS, but I still believe they're the IRS, and I believe they'll eventually send me my money. But I also know that if they don't, I also know that God's going to do his work in his time as he sees fit to do it, just like he did here. Now, what did this occasion bring to the people who witnessed it? What did it bring to them? The Bible says, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord he is God. That's in verse 39. I didn't read that far. That's in verse 39. All the, all those people that were fixed between two opinions, when they saw what happened, just those few words that Elijah said and God sent that fire down from heaven, they knew right then. They said, we, we this is God. Not, not, not Elijah. They didn't nobody come over and pat Elijah on the back. You're going to find out later on, uh, that, uh, Elijah, Elijah did exactly what God did. You know what he did? He, he slayed every one of those. He killed them. He killed every one of them. How can God, how can a person do that and be God's person? He killed every one of those false prophets. You know, today, if we say anything about somebody false, People frown at us. They roll their eyes at us. And they look at us. 
You know, if we say about uh, some false teaching somewhere or somebody that's not teaching the truth, what did Elijah do? He killed every one of those 850 prophets. He killed every one of them. You'll see that later on. Thomas, Thomas had his same revelation when the Lord appeared to him at the next service. Remember this, Thomas missed the other service when the Lord was there with him. How many of you have missed a service when the Lord was here? A lot of you have. You've missed a service when the Lord was working in our midst. But we know Thomas didn't go to the service before. But then they went to Thomas and they said, Thomas, and I'm just paraphrasing, they said, Thomas, you missed it. The Lord came in our midst. He came in our midst at the last church service. And Thomas wasn't there. So that's why he's called out in Thomas. And all, all, all he could say was, when God came and appeared to him, and, and Thomas said, I won't believe it, I won't believe this is true. His own brothers in the church was telling him he was there. He said, I won't believe it's true until he comes and I can touch his hands. And when he did, when the Lord appeared to him, he said, Thomas said, feel my fingers, feel my hands, with the pierced hands, feel my side, Thomas. My pure side. And all Thomas could say, all Thomas could say was, My Lord and my God. Let me tell you, folks, we, we'd be surprised today some of these things took place today. I've, I've, I've often said this many times, we'd be surprised today if some of these things took place today. I've heard I've heard a preacher telling stories about 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago how God appeared in the midst of them and how God I remember one time we had a we had a meeting and we had 26 people came forward in that meeting that was at Calvary Baptist in Cynthiana out of those 26 people we baptized a little over half of them into the membership of Calvary Baptist Church. But they appeared there. They appeared there when there was two of us that was preaching a meeting. I was pastor of the church, and Brother J.B. Finnison was, I preached one night, and J.B. preached the other night. And one night there, the, 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 we, had, we had so many people coming that we had to put a tent out in the yard. So we went to the tent, and we started preaching in a tent. We had, we had, oh, Friday night, we had over 300 people there. And that was a night that people, God fell upon, the, God fell upon that tent meeting. And God brought 26 blessed souls to be saved. And out, out of those 26, I don't remember exactly how many it was, but around half of them, maybe a little more than half of them, was baptized into the membership of Calvary Baptist Church. 
I've seen that those things happen. I've seen when God has gotten a hold of things, not because of of J.B. Finneson or myself. Had nothing to do with J.B. Finneson or myself. It was the fact that God was going to get honor for His name in that service. You know, the problem we have today, there's no honor for God. If there was honor for God, every one of you would be here every time the doors open. But there's no honor for God. Folks, I'm telling you, when the Lord gets a hold of you, He'll he'll have you to teach these things and preach these things. He will. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. God got all the honor out of Thomas realizing that Jesus did come the service he missed. There, There is nothing more exciting to me than than is when the Lord tears off the mask of those that are self-deceived. Nothing any more than me. So somebody comes to me and said, I was deceived. I shouldn't have done what I done. I was deceived. There's nothing anymore. God will tear that mask off. And he'll reveal, he'll reveal to you that maybe the things that we're doing, we shouldn't be doing. There's nothing any more exciting than to see God do that. Nothing more exciting. Let me conclude this part of the message with this. The one-man ministry of Elijah was an overwhelming force in the kingdom of Israel. The man who will stand strong... I'm sorry, the man who will stand alone for the Lord has always, as always, God is going to stand with him. What was it Charles Spurgeon said? A man with God is a fearful person. A man with God is a fearful person. You'll say, well, what about us women? Well, a woman with God is a fearful person too when it comes to following the Lord and doing what the Lord would have us do. All right, let's all stand if you would and we're going to dismiss in prayer. Let you go. We'll finish it up this afternoon, this message. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord.